you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. On this show, we interview legacy makers, people who are out there creating these extraordinary legacies in the world, but we've never heard about them before. Their stories are powerful. They inspire me every day. And so, of course, I want to share them with you. We also interview the professionals who support legacy makers. And in fashion, our guest today does that too through nutrition. Uh, but that's not the primary reason I got her on here. So I wanted to take a minute to just get you to think about for yourself just a second. Think about the biggest challenge you've ever come up against in your life. The thing that stopped you dead in your tracks, where you're looking at it thinking, I don't even know. I don't know where to begin. I don't know how I could possibly solve this. I don't know what I'm going to do. But this is like, it's like standing in front of a mountain. There's no way to kind of be like, this is not a real thing in my life. So I'm just going to ignore it and carry on. You literally can't carry on. Think about that. I'm sure you've had times where people have given you advice and maybe it just wasn't going to work for you or the people you're talking to haven't had that experience. So they don't even know what advice to give you. And then you have to think to yourself, well, here's the thing. I can give up. I can give in. But that doesn't sit right with me. I'm not okay with that. I want more. I want something better. And so you start thinking to yourself, well, if it is to be, it's up to me. And then you just went and took action on it. Well, today our guest has this extraordinary story quite along those lines where life threw her a curveball. And instead of like ducking and covering, she caught that sucker and rounded home base. So we're caught out. Apparently, my sports metaphors are not great. So she caught out the other team, caught the ball, ran to, I don't know. It was a very bad sports metaphor, but you get the idea. She caught this thing and was like, all right, I'm going to do something with this. And she did. And today I'm going to get her to tell her story because it resonated with me so much. I literally reached out to her and was like, can you please come on my podcast? And she said, yes. I'm so excited that she did that. So let me tell you about my friend, Elizabeth Burrow. I love how you titled yourself here, Liz, in your bio. She refers to herself as the nut lady of Fergus. Now, Fergus is where she lives, but I like that. The nut lady with a capital N. It's kind of like the king, the queen, the prince, the princess, the nut lady, capital N. 
She spent a long time in her life fighting for inclusion and didn't get what she was hoping for. So instead, she went out and created her own space. And I love this. It's a place where all are welcome. So Liz, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like totally blessed to get to spend a few minutes with you and get you to share your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited. So Liz, I start out almost all my shows with this question. When you were in grade four and the teacher said to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Pretty sure a nut farmer wasn't on the list. So tell us, what did you want to be? What did you do? And how did you get here? Well, um, at four, I wanted to be a oceanographer. Uh, I was, I lived by the sea and Cousteau was my hero. Uh, Today, this, to this day, if I see somebody with a white beard and a, a uh, crew neck, Finnish style crew neck. I, I'd leave my husband for sure. Just saying, but <laughs> um, I was not expecting yeah, that answer. I know, but it's kind of true. I also liked veterinarian. I really was. I liked all kinds of animals, so I thought I'd be a veterinarian. And then I got to like middle school, and I read a book about million years worth of schooling. And so I, <laughs> I kind of said, no, I don't think so. That's a lot of years. <laughs> as much as I like that part, that's, um, but when I got to university, uh, I was, I got a full scholarship for music. Um, and then I started a minor in paleontology, went to college and I went and got, uh, was doing the music and then halfway through the music, um, I switched to a full-on geology major and had the best time of my my life and good choice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Still play music, but that was was a really good choice. So, yeah, that's what I thought I would be doing, but I got sidetracked by food. Awesome. Tell us about that. I mean, there's a good story. Yeah, well, um, when I've always been interested in food because I felt that was another form of art for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a concert flutist since probably three years old, basically. I actually started with a recorder, but that didn't, I moved up so fast. But um, I look at art sort of even when I see photos and pictures um, like music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always interested in food. Um, and what the plate looks like and how the textures and tastes and combine so that you sort of get them all, but they play, they play some music for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got out of college at that time for women, it was very hard to get sort of those kind of jobs that are sort of were considered outside the realm of female. Mm-hmm. So you could work on an oil rig which typically would have been uh, all men mm-hmm. and maybe two women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're on there for months before you get like one month off. So 
um, I said, you know what? I don't, I don't, I've been battling those male women ratios right now up for a long time where, mm-hmm. you know, I've missed opportunities because I was a female mm-hmm. or whatever. So I didn't want to battle anymore. Like that, mm-hmm. I didn't want to battle there. So mm-hmm. I kind of moved to food and I started, uh, in the kitchens, I was going through school to pay my university. I worked in kitchens and I started amassing all these uh, hours um, and really getting into it. I was in pastries for a long time. Uh, I'm going to be hungry by the end of the show. I'm <laughs> sure of it. And I always, it was either music got me some spectacular things or my love of food. Um, and I just kept amassing some food knowledge and whatever. And I got my journeyman's papers. So back then you just took an exam, but you had to log a lot of hours in different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like old people. <laughs> I really like old people. They have lots to tell you so much more then if you sat in a school for four years, mm-hmm. I've met people from the Holocaust who wrote a book about their life going to New York, um, sitting on the cold bench, trying to look at the art at the museum, um, uh, the, the underground sort of Russian Jewish kind of, uh, it was fabulous, traveling all the way being a dairy farmer. Mm-hmm. And then his child was had club feet. Mm-hmm. So they came to Toronto because there was a doctor. So he moved everybody, sold the farm, moved everywhere, everybody, stayed at the Roehampton Hotel. That is amazing history mm-hmm. that you would never find if you sat in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So I like old people. I, I, I spend a lot of time. My father thought I was going into geriatrics actually, because I'm really good. I, mm-hmm. I get them. They just let me be whoever the heck I want to be. Mm-hmm. And those are the true people. I think that get it. Mm-hmm. You can be outside the box, extremely smart, whatever, but mm-hmm. there is a place somewhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I worked with in food and my last job was Support services, meaning I did the whole in outside the building kind of thing inside the building, but all the fringe parts, not the nursing, not the, mm-hmm. but everything else that really matters. Um, and I was doing that all the way up until we moved to the farm. I had some wild times flying off roofs and stuff, trying to protect the, the women. And uh, then he's like, you're not going to do it anymore. You got to retire. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, I don't know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't. Because um, I'm not one to kind of not do something. Mm-hmm. So I told him I'd give him two years. <laughs> okay. And uh, in that two years, I re-got my mute magic for food. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the county had a lot of things. My farm had a lot of spectacular things. At the same time, um, I'm really a pescetarian. I love fish. I love fresh fish. Mm-hmm. But I'm one that you got to kind of catch it and it's on your plate kind of fish mm-hmm. person. 
So I eat a lot of nuts as the majority of my protein, but so the nuts on the market, um, sometimes they can be really bad, but you they're palatable, but you take them in raw and you, you try to do a lot of things with raw, but after a while that just becomes paste in your mouth and, you know, I get tired of raw. Mm -hmm. Then I went and looked at the ones on the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, now, don't get me wrong. Like the oldies, I still buy them. I still buy them. Mm -hmm. And uh, because every once in a while, you need that kind of fast food. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, we're in the mood for like those French fries, and burgers. That's what I, I say those guys are. They do a great job. That's what they're there for, just to have that kind of fast food. And But I can't use them for myself because there's nothing left inside nutritionally, really. Mm -hmm. Really good, you know, that fast food taste, but mm -hmm. just not for me. Not for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I moved up to the next guys, which are um, dry roasted. Mm -hmm. but again, the dry roasted are much better and right. they, they try to put some good ingredients, but I can't eat salts, like especially mm. MSGs. And I I'm one in the million that actually is affected by MSG, but it's all salts for me. So mm. I tend to not, I don't use it and, and stuff. So, uh, I can't, couldn't eat all of those. Right. And But if you think about how dry roasting kind of is, it's bare nuts with stuff on, and like bare nuts. They go into an oven with air and heat. Mm -hmm. You're kind of going to lose something and it's going to want to protect itself. So it oozes some of the oils out. They mm -hmm. are healthier by far mm -hmm. than the fast food, but they're kind of, you know, the family restaurants. Right the good home feeling good and you're feeling good about yourself because you're eating something good. But mm -hmm. for me, I kind of needed a hundred percent. Right. And there's no roaster at a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent, right. Without losing the oils inside. Mm -hmm. And so I started working with that mm -hmm. and um, maple syrup mm -hmm. and the symphony of how the mechanics work were playing in my head. And I roasted my uh, first batch. Mm -hmm. And then again, when you roast nuts uh, after coming from healthcare, you don't roast nuts for like two people. Right. You roast nuts <laughs> for like 250 people. <laughs> so I, right. my first attempt at my process, mm -hmm. I I was having bags of nuts, like buckets. <laughs> <laughs> but I found that I could use the nuts uh -huh. to crust, bake, top, toss, eat, do whatever. Mm -hmm. You just couldn't alter it. Right. And I could actually taste the nuts. Oh, my gosh. It was so kind of amazing. There's 100% right. of that oil, that nut came out mm -hmm. with very little sweetness. Mm-hmm exactly what i wanted mm -hmm. i researched with again. enough for 250 people yeah <laughs> i researched it again and there wasn't really anything but at that time i was really 
wanting to be my own sufficient buyer mm -hmm. because nuts that are processed elsewhere um, for health and safety reasons, they radiate, they nuke, like they're oxygenating now. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the oils start to, to jiggle around. They're getting a little warm. Mm -hmm. um, and that tannin piece that's usually between the nuts, like pecans have them, walnuts have them, is very, very full of tannin. Mm -hmm. And that's the bitterness that most people, when they grab a walnut, their tongue is getting that bitterness because that tannin is just blooming. So you radiate them and then you shove them in a plastic bag, right? Then you close the box mm -hmm. and it's going to be transported or you could even vacuum seal and transport it across the sea. But those mm -hmm. packages are warming up mm -hmm. because the kernel itself is still activating and walnuts will get like nuts give off their own heat. So in a plastic bag, you're just making the environment for moisture and right. heat. Mm -hmm. And those tannins are just, woo, mm. they're gone, right? So by the time they get to the marketplace, they're mm -hmm. stuck in the back for a while. The stuff is still happening. Then they come out. Then they come out and they put it in the bins, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now you're already, whoop, you've lost a lot because the oils have been activated. They're on the out. You could get a lot, some rancid, some not. So that's why it all started. I needed to mask using those nuts. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's kind of crazy. Why am I buying all these nuts? Mm -hmm. Can't we grow them here? I mean, we're kind of like the U.S. So in my brain now, I'm thinking outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know we have some nuts, acorns. I started with the acorns. was one of my first nuts to do. Um, so... And then black walnuts were coming up and I was getting interested in those. So when I started the kind of thinking, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I think we could grow nuts here. And I started researching, researching. And this guy named Ken Taylor in Quebec, kind of a really outside of the box kind of people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, he's growing nuts up there. He gets tons of snow like we do. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, I didn't even look at charts. I didn't, I looked for the outside the box again. Mm -hmm. um, he was growing these ones, my favorite nut, the heart nut, mm -hmm. uh, weird fruit, like, you know, plum, cots, apricot, up, same, like the boonies of Quebec. I was like, oh, cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I said, I should be able to grow trees like mm -hmm. i'm gonna grow my own nuts right mm -hmm. so i was gonna plant about four trees five trees i'm still researching about trees because i really originally was gonna do honey because i think bees are pretty cool but cool. i get sidetracked with all this learning mm -hmm. magic happening that um i was gonna buy five trees mm -hmm. just for myself Mm -hmm. Various nuts, but five. And my partner, my husband was like, five trees. What's five trees? Why not 30, 40? So like the first year, I put 150. Wow. I put nuts. I put the weirdest fruit ever. Ever. 
I said, oh, I can grow it. I, I got it. I've got it down. <laughs> um, and to date, I have about 600 different trees. I grow 14 varieties of nuts on my farm. Mm-hmm. I was told by many people, one, because of the zonal map, but we mm-hmm. all know environmental warming. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And on farms and homes, you have different climates anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people said you can't because you're not in the zone. I said, okay, well, come to my farm. I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I got, oh, you can't have that nut because uh, they only grow in this area and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and as I expanded and uh, my hazelnuts were blossoming, my weird and wonderful fruits and everything was going, then people said, oh, she's, he is growing nuts here. I found out there's like, well, now there's about 600 growers across Ontario mm-hmm. in various forms. And just recently, we're actually on the ag list now as a separate entity, which that's that's great that's news. big yeah it's great news so yeah so i'm pretty excited about that and uh i farming conventionally too mm-hmm. um i farm by the zones where i think are the proper zones i use techniques that i learned in uh, north virginia pecan farmers uh, i i know how the east coast grows i mm-hmm. buy some of those tactics that's how i grow here where i'm very natural and use the environment on my orchards mm-hmm. um because i just think it's magic when you when you see stuff really unfolding and working and mm-hmm. uh, it's incredible so yeah mother nature is impressive yeah so that's what i kind of do and at the same time i was making those 250 pounds of nuts I was giving them out to anybody who came to the house, mm-hmm. take a big giant bag. And I was giving them away. And then people are like, oh my God, do you have any more of those nuts? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got tons. Just what do you want? So I was given like tons, Christmas gifts, whatever. Everybody was getting nuts. And after a while, I said, you know what? I've been out here like, maybe a year and a half already. And Mm -hmm. the people at my grocery store are like my best friends, the workers. Mm -hmm. I know them. I had to talk to them. (laughs) I know them all Um, because I needed some communication like with somebody every once in a while. Like you would. I do need to talk to other people. So uh, um, I got to know them and I said, you know what? Why don't I just like, for a hobby do a little farmer's market i'll do the local farmer's market if they'll have me well lo and behold they said yes um i didn't even have a tent i didn't have a name for the company Mm -hmm. i didn't have any bags i didn't have anything i came with halloween bowls um (laughs) some green uh tablecloth we that day of the market we went to canadian tire bought a table and a tent I pulled up the tent. It was green. My tablecloth was green. Mm-hmm. Hence now, 
the green. Cool. So the green. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I sold them out of sandwich beds. Then I told people I grow nuts and they're like, oh, I got a couple nut trees. I, and people started coming out of where we work. Um, and my business, I ended up at the end of that first year in seven farmers markets. Wow. Um, enough that I was going to the, and I was roasting my, I go by roasting. I started in a commercial kitchen at the sports arena here in town. Mm-hmm. And I did maybe one day a month. Then I got to two days a month. Then I got to once a week and got picked up by the Royal Winter Fair my first year. Mm-hmm. Sold out, went home every other night to make more nuts. Um, I started roasting like two days a week. Then it was three days a week. Mm-hmm. Then it became like five days a week of taking over the arena, sometimes Saturdays and whatever. They bought me all new equipment. Like they were spectacular. I was getting audited by the CFIA in there. I mm-hmm. like it was getting like crazy mm-hmm. um, with the amount of roasting and shows and everything. So we built my kitchen mm-hmm. here because it actually saves me time between washing yeah. for the hour and staying there almost 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built and I did it by myself, bagging, roasting. Yeah, not much of a commute when you're no. in your home. And if it was if it was a heavy, heavy one, like a lot of orders we were sending, and we were sending everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year I got picked up by a newspaper, and I was sending nuts to Christmas, almost to Nanyavik. Mm-hmm. It was it was That's like, cool. and I've been growing that way ever since. Mm-hmm. People find out about my nuts, um, or my story, or research me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people try my nuts and I'm spreading nut love. <laughs> <laughs> I get to say I'm nuts about you. And that has totally different meaning. Uh, I love that. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. Now, tell us the name of your company and how you came to that name, because it is quite interesting. (laughs) Well, the name, I was at my computer stuff that I said, you know what? We better have a legal name. I think that's like the next step or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one point they wanted to call it Frank's Nuts. And I, because Frank was the person who originally gave, he's my father. So I said, it can't be Frank's Nuts. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, you know, it's got to be about our orchard because we're growing nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, how fun is that? It's got to mm-hmm. be fun. It's got to be representative of our like orchard i don't know something like nuts under the or like nuts in the orchard or i don't know so 
he, my partner was just sitting there and he's like, yeah, I got it. Jewels under the cute. And I was like, oh God, that's fabulous. Boop, 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 boop. And I, I registered it. <laughs> there it is, folks. For those of you uh, on the podcast, you can't see it, but I am holding up one of the packages, which is a green label, just like Liz <laughs> said. And the title is Jewels Under the Kilt. So there you go. <laughs> he That's doesn't cool. joke with me anymore because <laughs> he doesn't joke with me. I had some pushback. Like people ask me, oh my goodness. Well, one was my mom. Mm-hmm. So I was at the Royal. We had the name registered, Jewels Under the Kilt. <laughs> I had paper signs. I had the whole thing. And she came to the Royal to see me. And she's like, oh, oh mom, I don't know. I don't. And then my father chimed in and joined him. He's like, I don't get it. And then the first hordes of people came by. They're cracking up. Yep. Crying my nuts, then start buying my nuts. Yep. I'm telling you, my parents did a 360. <laughs> okay. So in my entire time, there have been two people, my parents, which didn't last long, and one other woman. But nothing. It was just a small, ooh, my. And, you know, she was, I, well, I don't. The name is a little least. risque. I mean, Yeah, really. she was a little primmy, you know, prim. And, and I get it. I get it. Yeah. But you know what? Everybody. In any language, really gets it. It's it's quite it, it's witty. Just on this side, I never run as many jokes as I get. They can uh -huh. be, you know, whatever. Like, do you know what a pecan is? <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so many. So, but I never go over the line. So right. I make sure um, anybody doing media for me. Mm -hmm. never crosses because that is that's not what the brand represents mm -hmm. hence the fun kilts we come up with where people ask me at shows oh do you have the clan of mcleod i said no but i got clan of the walnut <laughs> <laughs> so, i love yeah. that <laughs> so, that is yeah, really so, funny i just i think it's great and really now that we've repositioned the company to what i really have always wanted a place for inclusion. Mm -hmm. That's what we have here. That's All why right. I call them kind of my Keeblers, Santa's elves. I love that. And let's Our dig into that. Mm -hmm. Let's dig into that. So tell us now about your employees and the model that you use to hire them. Tell us who you got working for you. How does, you uh, talked about having a model of inclusion. You've talked about now your Keebler elves, your Santa's little helpers. Tell us who you got there. Well, I don't know. If you know when you have a company and then you delegate something to someone else in that company, it could be really like a challenge. When do you do it? I don't know if I can do it. You kind of mm -hmm. hover and you want to hover and. Well, yeah, you kind of, you know, you're used to being the one in control and making all the decisions. So to hand over that responsibility to someone else is hard. Which is why my first employee um, is my old boss. Cool. She was the manager above me. Um, we became friends. We had um, an amazing understanding that work was different than the friendship that we have outside 
So it doesn't matter what happens. If you get fired, I get fired, someone, whatever. This part of the person is the person that I trust, I know who's Mm -hmm. on it, not your boss. Right. And she was already kind of helping me getting to know the nuts because she did a couple of the farmer's markets so I could stay here Mm -hmm. because she was in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first year she would come up on Tuesday by bus. Mm-hmm. She'd work for me, stay in our house. Um, and then when we'd go down on Saturday, I'd drop her off. Um, and then she'd do the whole thing. And we did that for a year. Mm-hmm. And I just do the roasting and she does the bagging and the logistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, I said, okay, so now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to hire you. Like, you're going to come. We're going to work here. Um, I was already, she was on my payroll already. Mm-hmm. And I said, but you, you kind of have to stay here. Like you got to move up because, mm-hmm. you know, anything could happen on those days that you're not here, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, I said, you can come up here. You can live with us full time for the, you know, for a year, mm-hmm. see how it goes. If you like it, we can take the money from the house. Cause you don't need that big, huge house in the city. Like you don't come up here and we'll look at something. So she moved up. Um, she stayed with us and then she really liked it here in the town. So, uh, and she wanted to move her brother up. So for the first, another year, she lived in a house in town with her brother and then drove here, worked, left. And, um, that's how we work. Uh, but I said, you know what? The year is up. You don't need a big house. Like you went from a big, big house. now. You you didn't really shrink. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of shrink. Like, but she wasn't ready for an apartment. So we, I moved her here. So she moved permanently here. And um when I built the little house, we moved her in over there because my daughter really loves her. So Mar thought was that they both would have it. So we designed that entire house to be for wheelchairs, walkers, you name it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So tell me now, you went from this employee to how many employees do you have at the moment? I have 10. And out of have- those 10, how many of them have disabilities? Um, wow, I've got a lot. And ones that didn't even realize they had it. I like the counting that's going on right now. <laughs> Um, five, five employees have defined disabilities. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I started with women over 50. Mm -hmm. That's where the people come in. That's Mm -hmm. why I hire, um, one kids with disabilities. So Mm -hmm. one of my, my first first guys, um, I saw magic. He wrote all about himself didn't bat an eye, told me about music and playing music and, you know, just really, really interesting. Um, His mother, I posted in the high school lotto Mm -hmm. and I'm like, if this is inappropriate, um, that's okay. But I need workers and I am opening it up to anyone that would like to come and see magic happen in a nut factory. Mm-hmm. 
um, please send me your bios. I'll take your bio. So mothers reached out um, and said, uh, oh, my son, you know, he's 16. And um, he, you know, is a little shy. I said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Everybody's well. Mm-hmm. And I know he's having fun because he's in there jamming and singing. Um, <laughs> he has a band. I've had another one who, um, uh, with the kids with disabilities, I also mm-hmm. said they're available. Mm-hmm. Even if they have a nurse, mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If they put one finger on the box, I gave them some purpose and some excitement and some joy and mm-hmm. happiness. You know, Keeblers. That's I love just, that. Everybody should. I mean, I know they're going to have bad moments. So I have a gym upstairs in, in this huge room. You can also go up there. It's very quiet. You can't see it. It's white. Mm-hmm. So you can create whatever you want. Like we'll have whiteboards up there so they can, they want to draw, they want to whatever. It's there. Um, I'm 96 acres. Wow. I got all kinds of things. I got Axtoxin. Um, we've got trails all over the place. That's if amazing. you need a few minutes because you, you're having a, a frustrated moment and you're getting angry and you're getting all that. You can, I know these kids know when that's happening, mm-hmm. when there's going to be problems. And like, so tell us good. now about the legacy you, I mean, as if that wasn't enough of a legacy, all these people whose lives you're touching and their families by extension. Tell us about the legacy you personally are creating. You talked about this just at the very beginning, and I'm coming full circle with it where you talked about wanting to create a sustainable life for your daughter. So let's talk a little about that. What does that mean for you? Well, and for her. <laughs> um, it means, uh, oh my God, it means so, so, so much to know. Oh my God. Hold on. You're allowed. You're <laughs> allowed to have a moment. I have oh, had many. Okay. Um, maybe I should go by the beginning. Um, I have always had children with disabilities are like drawn to me, mm-hmm. um, much like seniors. Uh, I'm really, I don't know. It's just there. Hence why my dad thought I was going to be, uh, in geriatrics. geriatrics yeah. Uh, probably a million. She's like my million dollar baby uh, by the time <laughs> I finished. And I set limits because you can just go. It's another mental stress on your body is I cheer any woman who has done the IVF. It is still so private and so whatever, but I don't care. People should. It doesn't matter how you got there. It's mm-hmm. if you wanted to get there, that's it. You know, everything is good. Um, but some Sometimes it's a struggle and it's a fight. So she was uh, my last attempt. And then I had drawn the line. So all the hearing, you know, like all of those blind, all of those are on this wheel. Where's mine? Mm. Where's this other part? Like they're not so represented. Mm -hmm. That's why that system stays the same. They Mm. may get 
you know, toys and stuff and like iPads to watch this, this to do that or mm-hmm. things to do. I was so proud of one woman here in, in Orangeville that fought for her son to have the speaking iPad. Mm-hmm. And she was being told she can't have that because uh, it's not him doing it. But that's not true. That is not true. You can see with their eyes. You can see in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I still how does fall. your daughter factor now into what you're doing now? So after all that, she bottoms out at 21. Mm-hmm. I knew that um, unless the company, because she wants to do McDonald's, she always says she's going to get a job. I said, we'll look at it. She'd be great walking around in her walker. I know that it's trainable for her to do that. She would enjoy a three-hour time span, probably, Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. to the seniors. She's really good with patience. She can do that in the same. So she could be like a sort of a PSW, but it's shortened time period. Um, Those are things she would love um, to do. But I knew that that would be a bigger a bigger fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to create jewels under the kilt for my daughter and for others, because everybody is welcome. Everybody. That's amazing. Um, what everybody. a legacy to create for your own child, but also for some other people's children and for women over 50 who may be struggling if they haven't been in the workforce for a while. It's hard to get back in uh, when you're considered old um in particular for women and i think they have a good time it's like a it's like a knitting club (laughs) except they're stuffing bags it's a roasting club (laughs) um i love that they're roasting people while they're roasting nuts i don't know um that sounds amazing and i love all the things you're doing there of course i want you to share with our audience now how they can reach you so that that, you know, if they want to go check out your products, if they want to go connect with you personally, what are some great ways for them to reach you? Well, I'll tell you right now until December 31st, all over Canada, if you use the promo code JEWELS, J-E-W-E-L-S, ships free, giant letters, um, in the promo code at the end in your checkout box, you'll see it. Um, you can get them there. Uh, we have all of them. We have our party trays and you'll be seeing very shortly some new products coming out before Christmas. Great for the holidays, but really I think nuts are good for any time. Um, you can also find recipes and what to do with them there. Uh, yeah, that's a great start to go. Um, if share with everybody, share with everybody your website, www.jewelsunderthekilt.com. There you go. You can sometimes you can Google the nut lady of Fergus, but you know, <laughs> it'd be interesting to <laughs> see what even, comes up if you do. Exactly. Um, we're peanut free, gluten free, just not flavor free. Um, we are keto friendly, paleo. You can bake crust. You can do many things with my nuts. That's amazing. And of course, your story is so extraordinary. Instead of oh, thank you. taking this situation with your daughter and saying, I am defeated, uh, I'm done. Like, I just will take whatever the government can offer us and we will just live like that because I can't. Um, you decided, nope, not good enough. 
I will, if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm going to take this on myself and create not just a life for her, but I'm going to bring along with me as many people as I can and change their lives too. And that I think also includes me because I feel very blessed to know you. And it is inspiring to me when I'm on this journey with my own son to know that there are other people out there who are willing to take a risk on those they perceive as being different. They're looking for the skills, the gifts, the talents that all of our children have to offer and are willing to say, hey, you, I got something. I think you could be a great fit and we can together, you know, change the world. Thank you for being a legacy maker. Thank you for sharing your story with our audience today. I hope they're as inspired as I am. And everybody, I highly recommend checking out the website. As Liz said, until December 31st, one of her give backs into the community is that shipping in Canada is free. So again, take advantage of that offer. We've all got events coming up and holiday get togethers and things. This could be a great addition. And of course, her business title is an excellent topic of conversation because it brings up all <laughs> kinds of interesting responses. So again, folks, check out what she's got to offer because this is amazing. And you know, when you are, are purchasing her products, where your money is going into that community of people with disabilities and women over the age of 50. So Liz, I really just want to say thank you one more time for being with us. Your story is extraordinary. You are extraordinary. And <laughs> uh, I'm so excited that you were here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It and was a for, Go ahead. Pleasure. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. For everyone in our audience, I just want to remind you that I think you are awesome. Go out and start living your legacy today. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.